What to do, where to eat, and people you should know. This is Nashville Lifestyles, the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nashville Lifestyles, the podcast. My name is Brian Berry. I'm the host and the publisher of the magazine, and we are so happy to have you listening to us in this new year. Happy New Year to you guys. So we have a special edition today. We have plastic surgeon to the stars, Dr. Hatef, is on the phone with us. Hello, Dr. Hatef. How are you? Hey, Brian. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad you could do this. I figured like New Year is the best time to talk to a surgeon because people want to change things. They want to be healthier. They want to look better. They want to feel better, right? So That's right. And, and you were telling me earlier before we started recording, like things are crazy busy for you guys, right? You know, it's just it, we're booked up for months and, and it's, a, it's a huge blessing. But it's also, you know, we, we want to make sure that we don't take on too much so that our patients still get the best care possible. And that's that's been kind of the challenge is making sure that we make sure that we limit ourselves so that we can really really provide the best. Yeah, I want to ask you what people are doing, but first we should have you tell folks a little bit about you. I know you've a pla- you're a plastic surgeon. Your office is right there. Your new office. I guess it's not so new. You've been there for a little while. Yeah, it's been like three years now. Oh my god, <laughs> that crazy. is crazy! Right there in Belmead. And how long have you been in Nashville? Quite a while. Yeah, seven years. That makes you and, pretty uh, much a Nashvilleian to me now. So, like, when I know you can't name names, right? Stuff like that. Of but are a lot of your patients out of towners? Yeah, we actually have a lot of people that fly in, and um, we have people that fly in from uh, Los Angeles because of music industry connections. And then we also have a lot of people who come in from. I'd say like a six hour radius who are just, you know, huge country music fans. And I guess they've heard of me through people that they like and follow. And so we have like two demographics of flying people from the West coast and then people who live within a a drive driving distance. And, um, even though I I love having out of town patients, I always tell everybody like, look, the best thing is for you to heal at home. If, if it's possible for you to do this with a surgeon you feel comfortable with at home, definitely do that. And that's why I tell my patients here, you know, when they're talking about going somewhere else for surgery, it's just, it's always better to heal at home. But we, we do love our out-of-time patients out there. It's, I can't believe who, who my patients are. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you do have quite the following. I know you, like I said, we can't name names, but I know some folks and I've seen some folks on social and stuff too. So we'll just say that, I guess. If um, you know, what, I, what I tell people is when you watch the CMAs, all the people that look great, those are my patients, the people that look kind of messed up. <laughs> no, 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 kidding. <laughs> That's funny. We'll play a drinking game next time the awards are on. <laughs> is that one of Dan's patients? No. Is that one of Dan's patients? Yeah. That is so funny. Oh my God. So tell, tell me this. So what kinds of things would you say are your specialties? And I know you can do a number of things. It's not like you just do one or two, but what would you sure. say are your specialties? Yeah. You know, my specialty is aesthetic plastic surgery and I do in rhinoplasty, breast, breast revisions, body contouring, facelift. I think people in town would would say, oh, he's a rhinoplasty specialist just because I definitely do a lot of rhinoplasty, but I do just as many, you know, complex breast revisions as I do rhinoplasty. That's, I think we have a number of kind of colliding factors that are making breast implant uh, turnover, you know, either having them out completely and, and uh, removing them, removing them and doing some fat grafting or a lift 
or exchanging for new implants has just exploded. And, and that's because of this awareness of the possibility of breast implant illness, which is mm. where, you know, some women, they just don't, they just don't tolerate breast implants well. And to me, it doesn't seem like it's any big mystery that, you know, if you have allergies, why wouldn't you have, why wouldn't you not do well with, with an implant? You know, if, if, uh, if people have um, reactions to other medical devices, why wouldn't they have these kind of reactions to breast implants? So I think, you know, plastic surgeons in the past have been hesitant to admit that breast implants might cause problems. But I think that, you know, now we realize, you know, hey, this, this is a, a foreign foreign body. It's a medical device. It's really well studied. Most of the time, it does. It, most of the time, patients do amazing, and um, you know, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some patients that that don't do as well. And if, if you think about how we're all trying to live this lifestyle, working out, wellness, eating organic, you know, going over to, to a, a REIT and getting an IV and, and getting the hyper, hyperbaric oxygen chamber, and all these things that we're doing to live this sort of lifestyle, the least organic thing you can do is have silicone bags placed inside your chest, right? Yeah, good point. Yeah, so so you know, we just. I think that awareness, I think that the fact that so many people have implants and have had implants for a long time, I'm just seeing probably two people a week. I'm, I'm doing a, a revision of someone who's had prior breast implants and either you know doing a lift and putting in new implants or taking them out completely and doing fat grafting in a lift. It's it's really complex, challenging work, but it's, really, it's super artistic. I love it. Wow. So also, and obviously I don't know that much about breast implants not having them, but they have like a life cycle, right? Like you, you're supposed to like so many years you have to change them, correct? Or no? Is you that know, that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a hotly debated thing. I'm actually working on, uh, we're using public health statistics to try and, and answer that question. You know, at what point is the risk of removing or exchanging your breast implants, uh, at what point is that outweighed by the risk of keeping them in? And so to me, that's, that's the point when you need to consider removing them. You know, people say 10 years, I have a lot of buddies in Los Angeles and I go 10 years, 10 years, but you know, generally people do well, you know, 99 out of a hundred, maybe even more, uh, maybe even higher 499 out of 500 people. You just take them out operating room, take out the old implant, put in a new one, wash out the pocket really well, and close them up. It's a very simple, very straightforward procedure. It seems like a no-brainer. But if you're that one in 500 that has a complication, you just went from having a stable clinical situation to having a problem. So, wow. you know, it's just you got to approach it like that. Wow. So, okay, so I know, like, we've gotten through this pandemic. And let me tell you, had I known now – how much we'd be wearing a damn mask. I would have had some <laughs> shit done. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you can recover. Like I, I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, Brian, she was like, you can just wear a mask. No one would I was like, you're absolutely right. You know? Yeah. It's so funny. And, and so I wanted to ask you, what kinds of things are you seeing people do right now? Like what's popular? Are they, I know for a while people were like, let's do less invasive, more like injectables and all that stuff. Yeah. But that only lasts so long because and not that you shouldn't do it, right? I, my opinion, right. I'm obviously not a doctor. You're the expert here. But like you got to do a little bit of all of it, right? Like some of it's yes. maintenance, if you will, preventative. And then some of it, everybody, I don't care who you are. If you're a supermodel, whomever you may be, everybody's got something that they're not, they don't love about themselves that they would like to change. That's you know? right. 
But I'm just curious, like what what's popular right now? You know, obviously the surgical stuff is very popular, and, and for some of the reasons that you mentioned, people being able to wear a mask and and being at home and being able to recover, that's definitely driven the surgical side. And then on the on the non-surgical side, you know, filler. I'd say that we still do a ton of filler. We yeah. you know we did more in the second half of 2022 than we done than we'd ever done in any six month period. But me personally, I'm doing a little bit less volume wise with each patient just because I we are seeing that whereas we thought these only lasted six to twelve months, fillers they they do about ten to fifteen percent of that volume will stick around because your body just kind of walls it off. And whereas usually it breaks down that filler, you know, there's some filler that some of that volume will remain. So with that in mind, I, I'm doing less volume and uh, and not doing as many syringes just because what I tell patients is if you look at a picture of yourself from three years ago, okay. you know you look younger. You can look at yourself. You're like, I, I, I looked younger. I looked better. But you can't really put your finger on what it is. So that's why I tell patients. Like when I do filler, I want you to look younger, but I want everybody to not really be able to put their finger on what it is. When, you, when you're doing like, you know, two, three, four, five syringes, people can tell, you know, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's not a natural look. And so I think that that's going to be kind of a trend is, is more – is a little bit less volume, you know, maybe doing more skincare, laser, those kind of modalities to get your skin in optimal shape and not worrying so much about every fine line and, and uh, every contour trying to make it, you know, um, there's this thing called the OG curve that uh, the beauty nerds all know about. And <laughs> Wait, what's I it called again? The what curve? It's called- it's the it's called the OG curve. This he was actually my mentor and a family friend when I was really young. His name was Bill Little. He's a plastic surgeon in D.C. And um, you know, one of the guys that kind of got me into plastic surgery, and he pointed out that from you know three quarter view, how the the cheek, the apple of the cheek, how it's more prominent in a, in a young patient. And it flattens in an older patient because the the fat descends and it deflates, and so people are just going crazy with trying to, you know, who can make the, who can make the most prominent OG curve. And, and yes, technically in this three quarter views, you've done this amazing job, but the patient still looks kind of weird because you've just put too much filler. And so, you know, I think that this awareness of like, okay, you know, we, we just want to make little changes with filler. I think that that's, that's going to be a a bigger trend. And the other, the other big trend in the non-invasive space is non-invasive body contouring. We're actually expanding upstairs to the third floor of our building and we're doing, it's essentially like a body bar. And, you know, we do, we do so much, yeah, we do so much stuff for the face down here and we've started to do a lot more with the, with the body. We're seeing more how radio frequency really helps tighten tissue, but it's not as good for fat melting well in the submental area this but pretty much the only place that radio frequency is great for fat melting is underneath your chin everywhere else it just it doesn't seem to really melt fat but it's awesome for tightening so then what's the optimal method for fat destruction you know obviously liposuction is the best because because then i can sculpt you but not everyone wants to have liposuction and especially if you don't have much sometimes it it is better to use one of these less invasive modalities and then we have muscle stimulating devices that are getting stronger better shorter time that you have to to sit there with a with a device stimulating your muscle to get the same results so over time i think that the non-invasive body you know contouring devices will it'll, they'll never replace liposuction you'll never you know there'll never be a time where we're not doing liposuction because you can just you know get in some tanning bed and you walk out 
looking like you have six pack, but we are, <laughs> it is getting better and it is getting to the point where we're going to devote a whole space to it. That's amazing. Okay. So I talk about this. I've talked about this on the show before too. I've had lipo several times. I'm a proponent. I think it's one of the coolest things. It's amazing. But man, has it changed when, and I'm saying yes. this so that people understand, like, I mean, this has just been my experience when I first had it in the nineties, because I'm that old. Um, <laughs> true story. You don't look even close. <laughs> well, I, I believe in maintenance. I've said that before. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it used to be like you basically get harpooned, right? It was bad. You yeah. were bruised. The last time I had it, which has been a few years ago, the mm. bruising was basically gone in two days. The pain yeah. was nothing. Like, it's amazing. But I think it's important people need to go to a doctor like you so they can understand there's so many options. Like, yeah. even like, what was the one that, um, cool sculpting that people were doing for a long time? I don't know if, if that's still popular. But like, you know, so that, it's funny you bring that up. Cool sculpting, it's, it's gotten a bad rap. And, and I, I've gone on a pendulum from hating it <laughs> to kind of understanding it more and realizing that. You know, in my practice, it's like a funnel. I get the worst, you know, the worst outcomes from cool sculpting come to a plastic surgeon. So, you know, I, I love it's a it's a physically tough case to do, but it's so rewarding fixing botched cool sculpting. Mm. So I love doing it because it is so rewarding. But it's it it can make the fat like cement basically. I mean, it, it can make the fat really hard. Oh wow! So when it when it doesn't work, that makes that liposuction case that much harder. We can get it out, and I can make you look great, but it's uh, it's tough. But the 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 amount of botched cool sculpting is decreasing because their device is better, the the applicators are better, and the training is better, and the understanding that you know what you have this block of frozen fat, you can't just tell the patient, okay, bye bye, go home. And, and just hope that that melts away appropriately. That fat needs to be massaged and, and you know, an energy-based device to try and break it down so that it, it's as flat as possible. But that that understanding of that post-operative care, I think, has has helped cool sculpting. Uh, and so I think I think cool sculpting will kind of always be a fixture, you yeah. know, in the non-invasive because I think that freezing is probably the best way to, to actually melt fat because as much as I love radio frequency, it doesn't really melt fat, but it does around your chin potentially, right? Yes. There's something about, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but we're getting really nice, really nice results using the radio frequency under the chin. And, uh, and it really helps tighten up that tissue. And I still prefer, you know, either liposuction or, or doing a neck lift just because I can more accurately predict that result. But, most people don't want to go through that downtime and take, you know, take that much time, and and uh, and so some of the non-invasive stuff can be a nice option. All right, so I want to switch gears a little bit here with you, sure, and ask you some Nashville questions. Sure. So I'm I'm curious, what are your uh, you've lived here for a while? What are your favorite spots in Nashville? Well, I'd say my favorite spot is probably Giovanni. Uh, restaurants in Midtown. I oh, love Italian yeah. food, and, and uh, it's kind of like Cheers, you know. I was going to say, there's yeah. nothing like that bar right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> great bar and, and great food, and and so I love I love hanging out there. I love losers and winners. You know, they're just like Nashville staples. And, <laughs> true, true. And, uh, it's they're just 
great places to hang out and especially especially when it's not the weekend you know it's like during the week is is the best time because kind of kind of empty and you know you just see some of your friends there and and uh i love so bobby bobby's idle hour tavern has a new location and they have like a little uh patio out there and it is so nice on a sunny day that's oh, another great place i can check that out yeah and then uh and then I, you know if you're gonna go downtown i think for the for the people who are are coming in from out of town or who you know want to go are from nashville and want to go downtown and see what's new church and union is an awesome restaurant and on friday and saturday night it's it's a nice little scene like they get a dj in there and and people have a lot of fun and and i don't get i'm so busy i don't get to get down there much but uh, i was gonna is, ask you how often do you go downtown really oh my gosh never. i mean <laughs> maybe once every two months you know i yeah. try to I try to support. We have so many patients that you know play music down there or bartend down there, and and you know these people are not only patients but friends, and so you know I want to try and go support them. So I try to get down there, and uh, you know when I can. But it's it's a it's a pain anymore to go. You know? But I mean, you've got to be. How many days a week do you operate? So I'm I'm in the OR two days a week, and then three days a week we're in clinic. And some of those days in clinic, we'll do some in office surgery. But yes, yeah, it's, it's Monday through Friday, and and it's it's all consuming. You know, it's a it's it's truly a craft, and it's truly a passion. So you know, it's it's like it's what time do you get up? I actually get up pretty early at five. I like to either play tennis or uh, lift weights, and um, and so I've really I've really been waking up early to get this done because you know if you don't get it done in the morning, you're, yeah. by the time you're done with work, you're not going to go do it. You, you want to absolutely you know, get home and see the family. So, so I get up pretty early and then you know go do something like that. I like to have breakfast. Uh, my breakfast spots are either uh, Nashville or uh, Rose Pony and Bellmead has has good breakfast. Oh yeah, I love that place. Yeah, and then just work and and uh, after work sometimes. Another good place for for happy hour scene is Bistro 360. That that's right next door to my my office. I was going to so say you can walk very, there. Very convenient. <laughs> <laughs> I love 360. I love the burger at 360. So good. And the thing I love about 360, I won't name names, but I swear to God, talk about cheers. There's a certain group of like ten or twelve people that I go there, and I'm like, you are here every time. <laughs> I'm here. It's so fun. There's one guy, I won't say his name. He's an amazing person, great, brilliant businessman, drives his everyday car as a Ferrari. And I'm like, (laughs) I've never not been to 360 when he's not there. Oh, yeah. You know, he's there. He must must keep the lights on. It's the funny. He probably turns them on and turns them off. (laughs) I I think he does have a key. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a good little neighborhood spot. Like, I just, I I love it. I do too, man. I absolutely love it. All right, one more question for you. So sure. I think you have such a cool job and because you get to work with these people and change the way they feel about themselves. What do you think, like, what's the most rewarding part of the job to you? It's just that, just being able to take someone who is you know, a beautiful person, you know, really l- loves themselves but has one – body part or issue that that has always bothered them and to be able to you know to be able to help them look the way that they want to look is really rewarding especially when you know they've had 
surgery and it didn't go very well. And so, so they're distraught because they spent all this money and this downtime and it didn't turn out the way that they wanted. And for me to be able to correct that and get them where they want to be, it's just, it's extremely rewarding and uh, it's, it's a huge honor. And it's, it's um, one thing that patients should know is that as great of plastic surgeons as we have here in Nashville, everybody has complications. Everybody has problems. And so that is why it's so important to see a board certified plastic surgeon because yes. board certified plastic surgeon generally, you know, when we have an outcome that isn't what you wanted and what we wanted, like we're going to, we're going to make it right. And we're going to, and if, if we don't have the skills to make it right, we're going to get you the person that does. And, and so it's just so important to choose a board certified plastic surgeon. You know, it's like, it's just, um, I can't express it um, enough. And, and for the face, board certified facial plastic and reconstructive surgeon is also qualified. I always preach that. I, it's so important. I, I found it kind of shocking that the number of businesses and places you can go in this town and get yeah. like injectables, Botox, that kind of, it's one thing if it's a doctor, right? Like if it's a dermatologist, I understand it. But then like when you go to the dentist, I'm like, that feels a little different. And then now I'm like, I think your vet, a vet can do it. I'm kidding. Bad joke. But <laughs> like, I mean, it is amazing though. It's like, get your oil changed and Botox. I'm like, this doesn't seem like a good idea. You know, would you like a Frappuccino with your Botox? Like it's, a, I'm like, go to an actual doctor because God forbid you have a problem. And the, I can't imagine like having to, yeah, that's just too much. But I yeah, think it's. Ahead, there, are, there are some there are some nurse injectors and and they focus on doing injections in the aesthetic market and they they are people you can you can trust to do those things. I definitely see some I definitely see some bad work around town, but I mean, believe me, some of the bad work is, is stuff that I've done. I mean, it just you know you can't you don't always sit at home run, but um, but generally you know those nurses in town who do it a lot they're they're pretty good. Yeah, you need to have your own show like a bot show where you talk about pieces. <laughs> We need a botch Nashville. <laughs> yes, I'd love to. I mean, there's there's definitely content. So I mean, that's crazy, but it is true. I mean, and you know, the other thing a friend of mine and I were talking about. She said, you know, the work that you've had done when you are forty or fifty yes. may not be the work you're going to need when you're sixty, and it doesn't always age. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like it, it's it's a process, man. But like anything that's else, exactly right. You know, like, like right. your house has to have maintenance on it. Your car has to have maintenance on it. Why the hell would you not invest in yourself? You know, yeah. and, and it's not just like just the face. It's like you're talking about, like, you got to work out in the mornings. You got to eat right. You got to yeah. – mental health is important. It all is a, is a whole thing. So, Brian, all those things that you just mentioned are actually the most important. This, The stuff that I do in my office is, is really – secondary you know it's like all that stuff has got to be in place first and then and you know think about how many beautiful women there are around town that are, are in their 50s and 60s and have never had work done and they just take care of themselves live a good lifestyle don't drink too much eat right and you know they're just aging amazingly without any help from any plastic surgeon or dermatologist now you know that's a lot they've had something <laughs> Everybody has had a when little they, when something. They great when they look great, and you're like, what do they have done? That's probably my patient. <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> it right there. Oh, my God. That is funny. I think that might be the best place to leave it. But is there anything else you want to tell our listeners before we sign off? That's hilarious. Yes. 
check out uh, Music in the City. It's coming up in, what, about five weeks? Well, you know, we're not doing the live event this year. There is, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, there's uh, no live Rick. event because, I'll tell you why, because this is an interesting story. So people used to not tour, and you know this because these are all right. your patients, or some of your patients, I should say, um, used to not tour. Well, now, because the world has changed so much and they didn't have an opportunity to tour, they've gotten out on the road. But the good news is, right, I think what's really cool about that is there's a lot of people in this town who depend on those jobs. And so like, that's why we're not, what we're doing this time is we're interviewing all the folks on our podcast so that they'll live there. Now we are doing, I bet what you're thinking about, we've got an event coming up. We haven't announced it, but we're going to break it here um, with Mallory Irvin, who's a big influencer. Maybe that's what you're thinking about. Her event is in about five weeks in February. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yep, yep. So she wrote a book and she's talking about like her life and you know, she was on the amazing race and all this stuff, and she was one of the first big influential YouTubers and all this. So we are actually gonna do a live event with her and talk about her life and the book and all that stuff. So that is coming out. We're gonna start Yeah, we're gonna start promoting it. So we're gonna do some live events that way, but trying to get five artists together for a concert. Oh yeah. We just couldn't pull it off this year, and it wasn't because we didn't try, and it wasn't because people didn't want to, but I'm like, I get it, because think about it. If your life, not just the singers, but all the band members and the crew people and the lighting people and the hair and makeup people and the costume people, I mean, there's a whole – and the bus drivers. It's a whole business around that that these guys and ladies have had to like sit out for almost two years that now they're finally like, hey, just go. Get back on the road and go. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, it's a whole industry, and, it, and it's really huge in Nashville. It's it's important for our economy, so it's it's good that everybody's back on the road. Yeah, I, had a, I have a buddy who he used to drive for uh, a couple of big artists, and when when all this happened, Cat Williams, the comedian, uh, basically was aggressive about getting back out there early. So now he's driving for Cat. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I bet that's yeah. a fun bus ride. Oh my god! Yes. Oh yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> The other thing too in Nashville, you know, because it is Music City, right? I was talking to a friend of mine who's a she's a banker for just that, and she was saying, you know, the, it's been really hard for the new acts in the last two years because think about it, how do they break their music? They go on tour with the bigger acts. Well, if yep. the bigger acts aren't touring or they're not touring as much, right? Because they're just doing like limited engagements. But it sounds like it's coming back. Like this is the time because a lot of these people are out touring now. Thank God, I love it. Yes. Yes. But yeah, we want to do it our normal thing, which you've always been so supportive of and we appreciate. So instead we're doing it here on the podcast. Love it. Cool. Well, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. My God, thank you. I know. Listen, you've got patience to see. So thanks for making time for us today. Thanks, Brian. We'll see you soon. See ya. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media at Nashville Lifestyles on everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Nashville Lifestyles.